ladies and gents, and welcome back to the intro. This is your host, Matt Delavalle, a.k.a. MDV, and you're tuning in to episode 64, the one about, quote-unquote, CrossFit is for everyone. And when we're talking CrossFit, we're talking functional training, and the statement that it is absolutely for everyone, is that true or is that not true? Now, we all know it can be for anyone, but does it have to be? While we're at it, let's also dive into the goals of functional training because this is something that gets very confused both by athletes and coaches alike. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a little bit, I'm sure you have heard me talk about Last Port Coffee Company. This is a coffee company I started this past year, www.lastportcoffee.com. And if you go to lastportcoffee.com and you use the code MDV, you will save at checkout, not only on our amazing coffee, but on all Notorious Bastards goods as well. That's right. Everything on the website, if you use the code MDV, you are saving. The other thing I want to let you guys know about NC Flex recently updated on the NC Fit app a whole new facelift a whole new look every day on the NC Fit app you have access to three amazing programs NC Metcon which is our spin on functional training NCX strength and conditioning NC Flex functional strength plus bodybuilding it doesn't get any better than that all three options every single day I write every single one of the NC Flex workouts you should head to the app store download the NC Fit app. Now, without any further delay, grab a notebook, grab a chair, and let's learn a thing or two about functional training. Let's go. Welcome back to the intro, ladies and gents. I'm sitting down with my best buddy, my co-host, Mr. Max Isaac, and we have a really fun and interesting conversation. What was that noise? Was that like a record scratching? No, that was me. I said, I was like, I was excited. I thought I thought we had some additional budget come into the equation here. We had a DJ. No, we don't have any of that. It was just Max being a hype man. We've got a really fun I'm conversation. Sound effects. <laughs> Thank you for the sound effects. Really fun conversation planned today, and fun might not be the right word for it. This is a it's an interesting conversation. I think in terms of how to handle this idea of uh, whether or not CrossFit or functional training is for everybody. Um, and what is the overall goal of functional training? Because Max, I know in my experience working in this business for a long time, almost from the outset of being in a CrossFit gym, every single time a new member, I won't say every single time, but most of the time a new member came into the gym, they would have questions about whether or not CrossFit or functional training was for them, whether or not they could hack it whether or not it was too intense for them, whether or not they were in good enough shape to do this thing. And I think it's an important discussion. I think sometimes it gets laughed off by a lot of like the really ardent CrossFit, uh, you know, torch carriers that they go, oh yeah, of course it's for everybody. And my grandmother can do this workout. And I don't think that necessarily gives enough deference to the questions that people are asking and having empathy to understand why people might be asking these questions. And I think that we can just have a really good discussion today about those two things. One is functional training slash CrossFit for everybody. And then two, what is the ultimate goal of functional training? So Max, what do you got? So uh, I love, I love what you said. You're like, 
hear a lot of people being like, my grandmother can do this. And that's, you know, that is definitely like the tagline that I always think of when people ask, like, is CrossFit for me? Not because my grandmother does it, but because my mother does it. And <laughs> she's the best and I love her. Um, but first thing, functional training, I do believe is for everybody in that, you know, compound, compound movements, functional movements are for everybody. I think there are degrees to this. And I think that this is, uh, like you've been talking about, it's such a blanket statement. It's something that, you know, everybody has like these one sentence uh, answers to, right? And I'm always thinking about like a new member comes into your gym and, you know, all those questions that you just asked, is this too intense for me? Is this, you know, is this the right fit for me? And as a young trainer, I was like so quick to give them these like one sentence answers like, oh, this works, you know, you can do this because of this. And it's like, there is so much gray area in this, in this discussion that in my heart, I feel like if, you know, you have a wonderful trainer and great coaches and you're, you know, you're doing a good job understanding what the athlete's needs are that hundred percent it's for everybody, but group classes for one may not be for everybody. And um, that is something that I really believe is that not every person that comes into your gym is, um, is going to be a good fit for group classes. Um, and the most important thing, and, and I, I guess whenever you ask these questions, I always look at it from like a coach and owner perspective. And I always think about, you know, we have a brand new member come in, the conversation that you have with them like 10 minutes isn't enough. And I, and I actually don't believe that you need an elements program per se, but what you really do need is an in-depth discussion of what this person is looking to get out of your gym, as well as what their background is, things that they're going through. Um, and then you can, you can make a good, you know, a good call on if your gym is the right fit, because another thing that you should think about if you are a gym owner, if you're a coach out there, is that your gym really may not be a great fit for everybody. Mm. A lot of really strong points there, Max. And I want to come back to one thing that you mentioned a little earlier on as you were going through what you were discussing. And I think that there, I think the language here is really important. But before I get to that, I just want anybody listening to understand that if you have somebody who walks through the doors of your gym and asks you a genuine question about whether or not this style of training is for them or whether or not they can perform this style of training without getting hurt or whether or not they need to be in better shape before they join your gym. If you laugh that question off with a flippant answer, or if you give them a sarcastic one-liner, I don't think that's the best way to answer that question. And I've certainly been there and the knee jerk reaction to want to give somebody that really fast, no, you don't have to be in shape to join the gym type of deal. Or my grandma does these workouts. You know, that, that kind of attitude, I think, is more problematic than helpful. This person is legitimately expressing to you some sort of concern that they have about participating in the program. They're already crossed the threshold through your door. They're, they're there. What you want to do with this individual is you want to assure them that this is going to be a safe and productive environment where they can feel heard, where they can feel seen 
and also where they're going to be able to fit in and be a part of the community and experience this training in a way that it's meant to be experienced. So don't laugh these questions off. Resist the desire to give those one-off flippant responses. And one of the things that I think is really, really important in building credibility with members or new members or potential members is answering them honestly about some of these inquiries. Like, is this for me? It can be. It certainly can be for you. I think that it can be for anybody. Now, is it for everyone? No. There are certainly people who might not enjoy this style of training. There are certainly people who might have different fitness goals or might have just different expectations of what they're looking for out of their fitness experience. And for those people, I encourage them to go out there and find the things that they're really going to enjoy and embrace that aspect of their fitness journey. But this can certainly be for you. I think that that's a really important difference because this nonsense about like, yes, this is for everyone. Nothing is for everyone. The program can be applied to a very, very broad and diverse group of people. But to say that everyone must do this or everyone is supposed to do this is craziness. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, I agree. And I think that the, the main point here is there are so many follow-up questions and things that need to be talked about before you said you give this like flippant answer. And this is also the best opportunity to find out what's going on with this potential new member. It's very easy to sell somebody, right? Oh, yes, 100%. This is the gym for you. Uh, you know, we can modify everything. Like you just said, this workouts for somebody from 24 to 74 and everywhere in between, you know, kind of that used car salesman pitch, right? And while that may be really easy for that, you know, like right on the onset, like you're going to get somebody in the door, you then could put yourself in a really difficult position with, with that member, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks down the line. And for younger coaches out there, this is also a really great opportunity. I know this is uh, what I did when I was, uh, when I was younger, it's a great opportunity to possibly get some one-on-one -on -one clients, stuff like that, because, and I know I keep going back to saying that group training isn't for everybody, but you know, group training is for most people, not everybody. And the people that won't do well, group training could eventually do well in that setting, but need a little bit of hand holding to start in maybe that one-on-one, -on -one, uh, that one-on-one -on -one setting. Um, I actually think that so. that's a really fantastic way also to answer a very vexing question, a, a question that's tough to answer sometimes where people ask, do I need to be in better shape to join the gym? I think that this question probably more than the other one that we already talked about gets laughed off by, and this is just my gut. I have no data to back this up. This is just my feeling of what I hear sometimes out there in the ether. That when somebody says that, the answer back to that person sometimes can be really kind of flippant where you're just saying, 
no, of course you don't need to be in shape to join the gym, right? Like we get you in shape. Exactly. Right. Which could be true, but also there are people like you're saying who would wash out of a program really, really quickly. If you just threw them in there without any introduction, without any slow drip into the environment, whether or not that environment is, you know, a fundamentals class or an on-ramp class or one-on-ones or having some discussions with this person about, yeah, right now, just putting you into that class environment might not be the best option. The better option might be having some one-on-one time over the next few weeks or months in order to have you acclimate to this style of training, to really dive into some of the things that you are struggling with or that you are looking to address. And you don't want to assume that the person is struggling with these things, but they, if they reveal these types of things, if they're saying, hey, I'm really struggling with my nutrition, I'm really struggling with X, Y, or Z, I haven't worked out in years, that those should be cues for you where you might, alarm bells might go off to say, yeah, this person might get really lost in the shuffle if I just sign them up for the membership right away and just put them into the group class environment. You know, I also think that personality wise and goal wise, it's not just about physical appearance or physical ability. There are some people who just don't want to be in group classes and that's okay too. And if you are a gym that offers a solution for one-on-one or small group training, having that conversation with somebody based on, hey, your your goals right now might be a little bit more um, directly applicable to this style of class that we offer or this style of session, I don't think is a bad thing. So I guess in the long and short of it for me is like, I think these questions are sometimes taken not seriously. And in helping to kind of write the narrative or get the narrative back on track in terms of like what people think about CrossFit and functional training generally when they walk into a gym, which is, this is too intense. I'm not ready for this. What's the deal? Am I going to get injured? Blah, blah, blah. Having some empathy in that situation and answering those questions in an honest manner that is reflective of like, yeah, you know, this can be for for everybody, but it might not be for everybody over the long term is a much better route than just the yes, smash them into class right away. Right. And this is and this is also something that is incredibly difficult depending on how your gym is set up. So I can only speak to you know what we do at Tilt, but the the way that it works is to join the gym, you can sign up and take class with that said in elements one two or three classes are free and included with with any membership right and so it's on our coaches and our owners when we're you know going through i guess that intake process to work with that athlete to decide what's the best route for them and one point that that you brought up is somebody could be physically capable to take part in class, but may not be mentally ready for what goes into being part of a group class. And, um, you know, and there are, there's like so many sides to this story. When I think about it, you know, it's, I mean, one, you have somebody that, that may be a phenomenal athlete, but, you know, is one of those 
you know, uh, like, you know, Uncle Rico high school heroes that used to throw a football over some mountains. <laughs> Gets and, too wrapped around the axle. Right. And, and maybe like in the beginning of them training, it actually may benefit them to do some stuff like one-on-one, just so they can kind of get an idea of like what training is like. Also, you may have some athletes, and I, I train some people like this still one-on-one that um, are super uncomfortable in, in large crowds, are uncomfortable with loud music, are uncomfortable wearing workout clothes, you know, and your gym may not be able to cater to those people. And I think it's okay to let those people know like, hey, this actually may not be the right spot for you. And this is why at all of our gyms, we offer a free week trial. Mm. Try the gym for a week. And when anybody comes into one of my gyms, I also let them know all the surrounding gyms in the area. Hey, I'm checking out gyms. Awesome. So happy you're here. You know, we're going to get you going for, for whatever works. Also, there are, you know, X, Y, and Z gyms. Those are the gyms that are around us. You should also check them out because we already know these, our gyms can't have what, like what's, what's the size of like a big gym. Now I know there's probably some gyms out there that are like 400 members, but I don't know. People seem to be getting lost in the shuffle with 250 members. I'd say 250 is a really good number for, for a gym that claims to be in contact with all of their members at Mm -hmm. all time. Um, so last thing, and I'll, I'll let you go. You can't possibly take on all these members. If you're, if you're really going to help all of these members reach their fitness goals, and you're really going to stay in touch with all of these members, how many can you really take on? Yeah, I, I think that that's a valid question. And, you know, this plays into a conversation about scarcity versus abundance mindset. And this idea that there's only a limited number of people who want to get in better shape. That's bullshit. There's no limit to the number of people who want to experience really fantastic fitness and community and a healthy driven environment. I think that the the population interested in that is more than anybody could ever serve in one gym, let alone thousands of gyms. There's a, there's a lot of people out there looking to improve their health and wellness. Now, you know, coming back to this idea of whether or not this is for you, I think part of the intake process or part of like this initial conversation when you're meeting somebody for the first time, having a conversation that opens up to their goals and expectations is really important because you'll learn a lot of information about this person. You know, they might come in and say, I want to run the New York City Marathon and I want to have the best time. I'm just using an extreme example. You know, training in a functional training gym might not necessarily be the number one thing that they should do if they're looking to be a world-class marathon runner. Now, if they're looking to simply improve their 5K time or their 10K time and they're a weekend warrior in these races and they 
want to have a general application of fitness across all these different things? Yes, of course. But to, to just kind of fit a square peg into a round hole, I don't think you're doing anybody any favors. And then the, by extension, the expectations are really important. Like what is this person expecting out of the community, out of their coaches, out of their class size, out of the workouts that they're going to see every day or not see, depending on whether or not you show them the workouts. And this kind of conversation in which if you are getting red flag after red flag, after red flag, after red flag, and you know, on, on either side, I'm not saying that anybody's at fault, but you'll build up a lot more credibility. I think long-term, if you're able to turn to that person and say, man, I appreciate everything you're telling me here about your goals and expectations, but we actually, we're not the best at doing that. Or, you know, we don't run uh, EDM lights off classes here. And, you know, whatever this person is looking for, like, don't fucking lie to them and tell them that they're going to have the best experience of their life. Guide them towards what they are actually looking for. Because more often than not, you will find people who come into you and go, I'm just looking to lose some weight. <laughs> I'm looking to have a better life outside of the gym. I'm looking to lift some weights, sweat a little bit, meet some cool people. Is this the place that I can do it? And the answer to all those things, if in my opinion, you're running a great community-based functional training gym, should be fuck yes, not directly to them, but like in your own head, like the, the alarm bell should be going <laughs> right. like, this is the place that you want to be. But to sell people a bag of goods about like, oh, I want to, you know, be a world record bench press holder or like a world record marathon runner, like, no, fuck get the fuck out of here. Like, don't lie to them and tell them that this is the place to do it understand yeah, well, how functional training should be applied and what the goals are, are really important. Wait. So if I want to PR my marathon, <laughs> I, I shouldn't be doing Isabel. Um, Maybe so, you're going to have anyway, some people I, hit I us up and say, Oh, well, you know, you know, we, we work on the base of the spear and you work on the tip of the spear outside of the gym. I get it. Okay. That's not necessarily well, what this person's looking for though. No. And I think the thing that you're talking about is knowing the identity of your gym. And I want to be clear here. I do not believe that there are trainers and coaches out there lying to members and being like, oh, we do that. We do that if they don't really do that. But you really should know the identity of your gym and be able to talk about it freely and easily with any new member, right? The same way that you're asking these new members what their goals are, you should also be able to talk to them about what your gym is about, right? And the, the thing that always sticks out to me is um, our, our gyms do not have leaderboards. Um, we don't write scores on the board at our gym. And when we have prospective members come in and they always ask me like, hey, can I do extra work in the corner or, you know, you know, I'm looking to be competitive in the sport of CrossFit. I always tell them this is probably not the gym for you. And um, I've heard people be like, I've had my own friends who own affiliates be like, well, that's, you know, that's ridiculous. Like you could, you know, you could, you could, you know, 
get them in the gym. I don't want them in the gym. And the reason I'm saying that is I don't think that that person is going to have the experience that they want in my gym. That's what I mean when I'm saying that you, some people out there might be selling members a bag of goods because that, right. goal, that goal is really close to what you do. There's probably right. really fit people in your gym, but maybe they have no fucking desire to compete. And you necessarily might not want a huge contingent of quote unquote competitors, or you go, man, my, my program is not really set up to reach your goals. But I do think that there are a lot of people out there who would just be like, nah, fuck it. Like, let's get this person signed up. Let's put them into classes. Let's see what's up. And I don't necessarily know if that's Listen, I'm, this is just my opinion. You can do whatever you want, but I don't necessarily know if that's fair to either your vision of what you want your gym to be, if I'm talking about you, Max, or fair to the person who's like, man, I think I'm going to get ready to compete now. Mm, probably not. Yeah. Um, well, so we started this conversation off talking about is, is, functional training for everybody. I just want to make sure we get, we get, we get our answers straight on this because um, functional training, I think we both believe is for everybody. There are degrees to it, but the thing that I, I do want to talk about. Functional huh. training can be for anybody. It, I don't necessarily think it is for everybody. I, I'm, my, my fitness views have changed so much over the, my course of my career, man. I honestly, I don't give a fuck if people are just moving and walking and rollerblading and having fun and doing light pink dumbbell curls down the boardwalk. Who cares? As long as you're out there doing something with your human body, this nonsense that everybody in the world has to do functional training or CrossFit, I think is so fucking closed minded, man. Like if the person is having fun, if they're not hurting themselves or other people, and if they're moving their body, fine, go do it. Isn't that CrossFit? <laughs> oh man, this, is, this can get into a really deep philosophical, philosophical discussion. No, I'm, I'm, CrossFit I'm being, sure. I'm being serious. Like, couldn't you argue that anything is functional? Like, how is that not CrossFit? And by the way, I, I want you to know that I a hundred percent agree with everything you just said if if there are any trainers out there coaches out there that have lived through the past two years and you cannot just be happy that somebody is outside walking for 30 minutes you should quit your job and you should do i'm being serious and you should do something else i, because, I agree with you man i agree because because we are at a point right now and like, I had no clue this episode was going to go here, but we are at a point right now where nobody is doing anything. The amount of people that are sitting at home on their computers, eight hours a day is staggering and sickening. And this is the huge issue here. This is the huge issue is that five years ago, if you asked me about this, I'd be like, no, they need to come in. They have to try and hit, you know, this weight on this exercise and they got to be progressing towards this movement. And now, and this is, this is, this is one of the real positive things that I think has come out of the last two years is that you just have to do something. 
And that's, that's the bottom line. And my belief is that functional fitness is anything that's helping your life function better. If you're going out and walking 30 minutes a day, seven days a week, as opposed to not walking at all, I'm going to take walking. And I know people listening are going to be like, oh, that bar is so low and you should be expecting more of people. Okay. But let me just get them to this step. Yeah. Like if the goal, if the goal is to train for the rest of your life, right. Is that, I mean, that has to be the goal, right? Like we're, we're, we're in our thirties. I want to be training for another 30 years. Like I have people in my life that are in their fifties and sixties as my freaking role models, people that are moving and working out. Like if that's the ultimate goal, as trainers, we should just be so happy that people are doing something. You're not going to get a counter argument from me on that. You know, I think, um, I think if your mindset hasn't evolved and we were all stuck in this stupid fucking echo chamber of everybody needs to do the CrossFit style of functional fitness in order to be fit. Let me make this abundantly clear. That's fucking stupid. That line of thinking is stupid. Yes, it's an incredibly effective way to get results. Yes, it's super fun. Yes, it can be for a large portion of people. No, it does not mean that's the only way that you can get fit. No, it does not mean it's the only thing you have to do. No, it does not mean it is for everyone. There are huge differences there. And I just think that like, it's part of the issue that we deal with within functional training, where it's like this zero sum game of like CrossFit or nothing. Look where that has got, got us in terms of like what the general acceptance of functional training and CrossFit is. It's like that closed mindset, I think is not necessarily healthy. Now, in terms of this conversation about like, what is functional fitness? I do think that you have a valid point that nearly anything could be described or characterized as functional. But if we are really trying to refine the conversation to community-based fitness, functional training style, barbell, kettlebell, pull-up rig, dumbbell style workouts, what is the goal of that style of functional training? And, you know, you kind of hinted at it and I, I, I do believe that this is true. The goal of CrossFit or the goal of functional training, at least in my opinion, should be to improve your life outside of the gym. It's not to simply get better at doing more CrossFit or functional training. That is a tangential result. You get better at the fitness aspect of it, but it should primarily improve your life and your function outside of the walls of the gym to live your life as freely and as fully as possible to do all of the things that you want to do. That is my definition of functional training. Yes. I mean, that's, I mean, listen, you just described the trap that I think all of us fell into in the beginning when, when we started to get into CrossFit. I know I did. For years, I wouldn't do things outside of the gym 
because the way that it was going to impact my performance inside the gym. I have so many regrets about this. I'm so glad we're talking about this. So first off, I don't regret any of it. No regrets. I'm kidding. It's a, that's a, that's a joke, but, but I, I can't let, let that, me continue. So the reason I have no regrets about it is I'm glad that I've got to experience all of this. I believe my life's work is helping people, whether it was when I was a kindergarten teacher, middle school teacher, one-on-one -on -one stuff, running gyms, coaching, like I am out here to, to help people. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is through experience. And I truly believe that experience is the best teacher. I will say that I spent many years obsessing over random, well, not random, but arbitrary numbers inside the gym and missed out on a lot of wonderful experiences using this great fitness that I gained. And before we, before we started recording today, you know, we were, we were joking around and, you know, you're like, oh yeah, you're skiing all the time. All I want to do right now outside the gym is every single like new fun sport I can do or like experience that I can have, like using my fitness and like, I am still, and this is, I love that we get to have these discussions because I will be honest with you. I'm still struggling. I, every single day. I struggle with, oh, like, do, do I need to, do I need to do like a workout on top of what I already did? Like, I'm still struggling with being okay with, oh, I just like did something outside the gym that was like, you know, physically intense. Like, should I also go like do a 30 minute interval or add in, should I do just like, you know, a five by five weighted pull up and it's something that like, I'm sure anybody who's listening, like goes through this. I'm sure Matt, that this is something that you experience. I have never, ever experienced that in my <laughs> life. Never. No, okay. I'm, of course I'm being facetious. Of course I've experienced that. I can't say that I don't have no regrets because I, I do regret doing things that one I probably shouldn't have done based on either my skill level or the, the state that my body was in, or I could have done something or contributed to something or gone and been a part of something or just spent time with a loved one instead of going to log another workout that maybe I didn't need to log. There are certainly situations where I remember doing that early on where I, it just didn't make sense. At some point I was reflective on like, I'm just doing this to do more of this. And it's all consuming for me now, you know, in terms of like application outside of the gym, I, I really think that the stuff that we do within functional training, compound lifts, utilizing the barbell, utilizing odd objects, moving your body through space, monostructural work, the combination of those things can really have a fantastic impact in building up this humongous hedge of fitness and giving you this non-specific well that you can pull from to go and learn and try new things and all that kind of good stuff. And like 
you might be more immediately successful at a whole bunch of different things versus if you were a very specialized athlete. And certainly if you had done, well, more certain than not, if you had done nothing for a bunch of years, right? If you take somebody who does nothing for a bunch of years and you take somebody who's doing functional training for a bunch of years and you say, go try jujitsu. I would probably bet that the person without any other information who's been doing functional training for a bunch of years is going to pick it up a little faster. They'll have some coordination. They'll have some accuracy, have some kinesthetic awareness. They have some mental fortitude, mental fortitude, strength, all this kind of thing. Endurance, you know, all the 10 components of fitness that probably have those on the mat. Now, you know, in terms of like, shit, I just lost my train of thought, but in terms of um, how the charter was initially laid out, this is what I was going to say. I'm sorry. This is included in the world-class fitness in a hundred words, right? Regularly learn and play new sports. And the world-class fitness in a hundred words was Greg Glassman's hundred word definition of fitness. The problem is it's not often applied that way. Yes, on paper, it looks really cool to recite that. But in practice, and what happens with a lot of people is they get wrapped up in it. They become obsessed with it. And it becomes the only thing that they can think about. I'm going through the list of members who I can remember, Max, in my head from CrossFit New England, where I was like, dude, you've been here for the last three workouts in a row. And you were here last night and you're here in the morning. And you're like, obviously you don't want to discourage that person from like being a part of the community and really enjoying what they want to do. But there is also this fine balance of like, man, is this going to lead somebody to just miss out on all these amazing other things they could be doing, or are they going to reach a point of burnout? What's your take on that? Well, I like what you just talked about, which is members that really need some guidance, right? And, you know, you said you're running through kind of your Rolodex of members that you can think about that you're like, hey, I've seen you here, you know, three times today. I will tell you that when I started out, I would, you know, not kick these people out, but I was kind of harsh. Hey, you do not need to be here right now. And, you know, you should go do something else. You already did this workout. One thing that I did realize is sometimes, and this is, again, we could go down a whole nother rabbit hole of this. Sometimes the reason those people are at the gym is not for the workout. Yeah. And sometimes the reason they're at the gym is it is like their only safe, safe place, like in their mind. And um, I'm not going to get too much into specifics because I'm, I'll get super emotional, but you know, we had, uh, we had a high school athlete uh, a while back who he would, you know, he'd come at like 5.15 or, you know, 5.30 in the morning, you know, and then come back at like 3.30 for the high school class and then be like there. Like, New England, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, and, I remember, I know exactly the situation and the person that you're talking about. Right. And, you know, would come back at 4.30 and like initially, you know, me and, you know, Jeff, w- w- one of our coaches were like, you know, try and discourage this kid. And, you know, long, long story short, like he needed it more than we could ever know. Right. And, 
um, it was a, a ended up being a, a really sad situation. Um, but it it opened my eyes to the fact that like, yeah, I don't know. You, you just never know what people are walking around with, and you 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 never know why that person's trying to be there like three times a day, right? And you know, may, may, maybe if like this person is truly trying to be like you know the next Rich Froning, Matt Frazier, Tia Claire to me, like that's one thing. But if the person is just like hanging around your gym and they're there an hour before class and an hour after class, it, it may not be because they're trying to be the fittest person in the world. It may be because like they need this for their own, you know, mind mindset. This is really important. And I think this brings us back around to kind of where we started this discussion with talking about not assuming things about people who ask questions that you might think are obvious or you might think are stupid or you might think are juvenile, right? Also, you cannot assume things about members in terms of how much time they're spending in the gym like you were talking about, or this is a classic one, assuming that a member is cheating because they've miscounted their repetitions or assuming that somebody has bad intentions or shows up about showing up late. This is a huge, huge misstep for people. And I've seen this go so horribly wrong. And I can think back there are a couple of instances where I can think back on my own missteps in this and how I handled situations where I just assumed based on what I thought in my head, this person was doing intentionally and they had no fucking idea. And it is so embarrassing for that person primarily, but also by extension, you as a coach should be embarrassed by that's how you handled that situation. Rather than having the discipline of having a one-on-one -on -one intimate conversation with this person, we just ask them a question. You know, in terms of the being late, is everything okay? I noticed that, you know, the past couple of times you showed up late to class. I just want to make sure everything's good. Approaching it that way is so much more healthy and productive than by telling this person that, you got to show up on time for class. You never fucking know what this person is going through. And obviously we don't have to go back and recount the situation of the person who's showing up an hour before class and staying an hour after assuming in that situation could be disastrous as well. The cheating reps one is a really, really common one. It's very easy to assume that someone is cheating in their workouts. Super easy because it's obvious as a coach when someone is not doing all the repetitions and there are certain movements where it's tough to count, but it's also hard sometimes to remember that people just get wrapped up in the moment, man. People just lose themselves in the workout. They're thinking about whatever the fuck is going on. They're thinking about like, Oh, do I do this with my elbows? Or like, what's this movement or what's next? And sometimes people lose count. Or miscount. You still get fit. You can't. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course. But you can't assume that this person is cheating to get a better score on a workout. It happens in gyms. It's shitty when that goes down. But ultimately, you have to be able to have the conversation with somebody to say, listen, Max, 
I just want to give you a heads up. I was watching a portion of your workout. I wasn't necessarily counting your reps, but I just want to let you know, it seemed like you came in a little bit below what the assignment on the board was. Were you not feeling the, the movement? Is something going on? Did you have trouble counting? Something along those lines in terms of opening up a conversation where you tell the person, hey, listen, I noticed this. And maybe if it's the first time, you don't fucking say anything. But if it happens over and over and over again, before the rest of the crew starts talking about whether or not MDV is being a real scumbag and cheating his reps, <laughs> you should talk to that person and see what's up. I remember, again, going back to CrossFit New England, dude, we had, there's one member who I'm specifically thinking about who everybody thought this person was cheating. And they just didn't really understand how to count in their head. That's well, what it came down to. Right. And so first off, you just brought up so much stuff that is, it comes down to this. As coaches, you, you're so deeply embedded in this life of a coach. Right. And like, so we, we were just talking about this again, this is full circle, you know, Oh, is, is this for me? Of course it's for you. Like we, we get into like this, this rhythm of there's always an easy answer, right? Like always an easy answer to, if, is this for me? Um, do I have to be fit? Or like you just said, like, Oh, somebody's shaving reps. It's gotta be this or something this, it's got to be that. This whole episode, we've talked about gray area. And what it really comes down to is understanding that every single member in your gym is different. They are all different and you get them for one hour. You cannot understand what's going on in everybody's life and I really don't even think, I, I really don't think that's possible. We were talking earlier about how many members can you really know? I would love to hear people write in, which I know they, we don't have that function. We don't have the technology for that. <laughs> it's not invented yet. <laughs> but, but like, I would love to know, like, what do you really think the number is to really know what's going on in all your members' lives? It's, it's probably like what, 50 people. Oh, like there's, to, that, to uh, there's that number that is, I don't remember the name Dun, the, Dun, Dunbar's the, number yeah I think it's a Dunbar's number that I think is 150 I'd have relationships it right it's a you it's continue a, talking I will do some really high level research here with our research team so what what you're talking about though is that as coaches we get into this rhythm of always having the answer and sometimes and most of the time you don't have to have the answer. Now, it's 150, if, if, by the way. Look at that. You're so smart. Jamie, now, look that up. <laughs> now, um, if you're like fixing movement, right? And it's like somebody's front rack position. There, there's like probably, you know, a real sequence to fixing that, right? Like we, we all know that. But for a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, there really isn't like one thing that is going to work for everybody. And so as coaches, if you get into this rhythm of just always knowing the answer, you're never going to learn anything about the member. And you're also going to put yourself in really, really, really difficult situations. And if you keep doing that, um, 
you're going to bury yourself and, and you're going to be miserable because can we also just have a real open discussion here? If somebody's shaving reps at your gym, why does it even matter? Like who even cares if they're shaving reps, right? Like let's, like, let's, let's put cards on the table here. Who cares? Like it, 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 it truly does not matter. And again, this is, this is why my gym is designed this way. Nobody puts their score up on the board. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the score. Nobody is on a leaderboard at any of my gyms. Nobody cares. We track how many times you check into the gym. That's what we care about. That's it. So like at my gym, you can come here and shave all the reps you want. You could do, you could do Fran as 12, nine, six. You could have the fastest Fran in the world, but guess what? Nobody will know about it. So who cares? The, um, I, I, listen, I, I haven't tracked a workout in God knows how long. Um, I, I think a lot of writing down scores and, and tracking workouts and being obsessed with that is that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. And I'll save my opinions for that, for that conversation. But the only times that this, it really quote unquote matters are in the times when you do have a gym where, Hey, listen, if you want to, if you want to have everybody write their scores on their board and put the little RX next to it and, you know, help put their numbers up there. That's fine. I've seen it done beautifully. I've also seen it done horribly wrong. And in the circumstances where it can be toxic for your gym is when you have people who are falsifying scores on the board and then bragging about it. And then the community is looking at this person going like, well, this person's obviously cheating. And, you know, if you're a coach in that situation, I think the first thing you can, you should do is one, you shouldn't be participating in perpetuating the story of this person's, you know, transgressions. You shouldn't be the person stirring the fucking pot. You should be the person who's taking the spoon, the big spoon out of the cauldron and saying, Hey, listen, just worry about your own workout. I will talk to this person and see what's going on. I don't want to assume. Let's not assume. We are not about that here. I will have the conversation. That is the way that that should go down. Not with, yeah, you know, that guy's such a son of a bitch. He only did 10 toes to bar, whatever. Like, fuck that. Like, who cares? Who really cares? And I, I think in the long run of whether or not Oh God, this gets me like so fired up because now by extension, if you start to think about what I really believe the goal of functional training is, which is to improve your life outside of the gym and give you free and full access to your life. What does any of it really matter? What does any of it matter? You know, and yes, obviously I care about people's goals and I do care about their performance, but I care much more about the effort that they're putting into their performance and making sure that their performance is the best thing that they need that day. I honestly couldn't care if someone came in and told me that they felt like doing Fran timed with a sundial. I wouldn't give a fuck. I wouldn't care. Who cares? Why? If that's what the person wants to do that day, that's okay. Now, if it's every single time they come in, they're saying, hey, listen, I never want to go fast. I'm not really want to go for time. Also, that might be okay, but you also might encourage that person through some counseling to experience intensity in a relative way and maybe slowly over time. Oh man, this makes me want to get back to the grown ass man discussion so bad. 
the Fran. I'm a grown. No, man. we're not. <laughs> we can't go back we're there. Not, we're not. It's gonna, no man's we're not land. Do that, but 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 I do think that I do think that this is a really productive discussion because it, it's like. You, you've been training for, for however many years. I've been training for, for however many years. It's like you you get to this point. In fact, do you remember Sean Rocket used to have like this thing? It was like the eight steps or 10 steps of CrossFit. And like, I think they'll- I think Let's give some last... context to who Sean Rocket is. So first of all, Sean Rocket is an absolute legend in the CrossFit New England community. He's also a legend just widely in the CrossFit community in terms of medical intervention at the CrossFit games. He's one of the first guys to go out there and really do it at a high level and a phenomenal orthopedic surgeon and orthopedist in new England. So Sean rocket, we love you. Big, big shout out to Sean. He's a great guy. And the last step of like the last step of CrossFit is like, I think it's like acceptance. I think that's like, I think that's what he said was like, was like the last step, which is it's like, it's, it's acceptance. Like in, you know, in my eyes, I freaking love CrossFit. I love CrossFit. I love taking class. I love doing CrossFit workouts. That's me. I got members that love CrossFit. Like I said before, my mom does CrossFit. Fun fact, my mom doesn't like CrossFit at all. She comes to CrossFit because of the social interaction that she gets out of it. She loves seeing her group of people. My little sister, when she comes into town, does cross. My mom loves being able to see her. My mom complains about every single workout, unless there's deadlifts, sit-ups, and she's on the bike. But also, <laughs> here's a fun fact. I let her do deadlifts, sit-ups, and bike nine times out of ten. I do. I'll, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. She does constantly the same functional <laughs> movement at a relatively high intensity. Or not even, it's not even intense sometimes. <laughs> like, but Fuck, I love my mother so much. What am I going to do? I'm like, oh, no, you, you got to do this, this, and this. Do what you want, mom. You've done everything in your life. You're the best. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, there are just so many levels to this stuff. And it, it honestly just comes down to this. You can't be giving out blanket statements. You have to actually get to know what each person wants and needs out of your gym. You got to know what your gym can actually do. What is your actual bandwidth like? What are you actually capable of doing as a coach? You got somebody like, like Matt, like you said, hey, I want to run the, the New York City Marathon in PR, and you can barely run 400 meters, but you can snatch 300 pounds. You are not the coach for this person, and that's okay. <laughs> you know? Um, oh, the story about your mom got me, man. I had to go on mute for a minute there. It's well, she's the, she's the freaking best, but you know, like she only wants to do a couple different movements and wh I don't what am I going to do anything wrong with that, man? You know, like this is also another thing. Like if somebody wants to be a part of the gym, even though you go, well, Hey, listen, I, I don't think this is a perfect solution for you. I just want to be clear. Like, I, I think that this doesn't really align with what you just told me, but if, if you want to join so badly join, like, that's also okay. Like, I just think letting the person know about the goals and expectations and what you provide is really important. And if they choose, and if you're okay with it, that's another big part, you being okay with that person making adjustments or making adjustments with them to better reach their goals, it's fine. You also don't have to have every member in your gym. I think that there are some people who you would benefit from saying, this is not 
the right place for you to train right now. Maybe it is in a few weeks or a few months or a few years, but I don't think that this is right based on your goals. Just my opinion, just my two cents. It's good two cents. Not um, bad. Well, we listen, got? we got to wrap this thing up. Because oh, do we? I thought we were going to continue. I thought we were going to go Rogan style, three hours. You know what? I've never even listened to a full episode of Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> who? I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't have three hours. Give me a break. Like, um, I only have time to listen to this podcast. I know I have to wrap it up because um, today's Valentine's Day and uh, I got to get home to to eat dinner and then post a picture of the dinner that we're having hashtag blessed uh that's a joke but one thing that i did want to say because every week we kind of end with some things that like we're either watching mm. or listening to there is a new jordan peele movie coming out called nope have you seen the preview for this nope it looks so scary I can barely watch the preview. And for all the listeners out there, um, I cannot handle any scary movies. So I watched the preview and nope, not going to watch that. So that's where I'm at on that. <laughs> Matt, what, uh, what, have you, what have you watched, read, or listened to recently that uh, you're going to share with us? I'm in the same camp as you for horror movies. I am not a fan. Although I liked Get Out, I thought Get Out was really well done. Um, and that was one of Jordan's- Oh, that, that was. I, but that was more I like really psychological that. thriller. Yeah, and just so you know, folks, we will be coming with an episode of our top fives, movies, songs, albums, shoes, pants. Oh, man. Right? I don't know if we should have promised that. But here's something that I was really enwrapped with, which was- the Tinder Swindler on Netflix. Oh, that it's series good. was so good. So good. I'm a huge fan of true crime. And this was like a great mix of just true crime and, you know, people's personalities and how they were compromised. And this person who I'm not going to give too much away, but this long con that he pulled on multiple, multiple, multiple people at once, essentially in like a Ponzi scheme where he was exiting one person and entering another at all times of his life. It was, it's insane. And just Dude, how he, I talks, am. he talks in a su super funny manner. He talks about his enemies all the time. <laughs> He's like, my enemies are after me. First of all, that's your first fucking red flag. If you ever date somebody who's like, my enemies are asked, are after me no goodbye wait is it is it a documentary or is it documentary real oh, i'm i'm like i'm anxious like right now just hearing about that it makes me anxious luckily i'm not on tinder so i think i'm safe um maybe he might be coming for you with his enemies nah, all right nah, mr max go home get your valentine's dinner ladies and gents we will talk to you next week thank you for listening to the intro bye Hello friends, MDV here. Thank you for listening to the Intro with MDV podcast. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for weekly downloads wherever you listen to your podcast. 
Remember, we have a new episode coming to you every Tuesday. And if you have time and five stars to spare, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. If you're looking for more out of me, MDV, you can find me on Instagram at MDV underscore FIT. Until next time, friends, let's go. Let's go.